Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here with Kayak Fishing Show Live. Actually, this is a recording of a live. Uh, last week I had my good buddy Jameson Redding, the uh, brand manager for Blue Sky Boatworks, join me on here for a live show. And I just wanted to share it with you over here on YouTube and for our podcast. So I uh, hope you enjoy it. Take care. Hey everybody, welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live. Um, it's been a while since we've done one of these. I've been kind of on the road, um, kind of back to back to back to back trips and uh, house guests and everything else, but uh, we are back to it. I'm going to try and get back on the regular schedule and setting up some guests. As always, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. Today we're having a long fin lager. Ah, nice light one. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll get some uh, people here, kind of get back into the into the routine, like I said, and um, bring in some guests and sponsors and so on. Uh, there's a couple things before we got Jameson Redding uh, is the new brand manager for uh, Blue Sky Boatworks, uh, and so we're going to bring him on. And we just did a trip together, so we're going to talk about that, uh, where we were, about how we rigged up the the Blue Skies, and how much fun they were to fish off of, and all that. But first, uh, a couple of things. Um, hey, Eric, how you doing? Sean, Russell, how are you? Um, we, very sad news here. Uh, yesterday, a kayak angler pre-fishing for a bass fishing tournament, uh, Rebecca Golden, um, unfortunately passed away while out on the water. Um, you know, it's all speculation as to what exactly happened. Uh, she was wearing an inflatable PFD, um, which was inflated. She was in the water. Um, speculation being that, uh, you know, it was in the evening, maybe she got hypothermic, um, and drowned because she wasn't able to get back into her boat. Um, you know, again, this is speculation. Nobody knows hundred percent sure for sure what exactly happened, but you know, we talk a lot about safety here. I talk a lot about wearing PFDs. Uh, I really prefer a standard PFD that has flotation in it, not the inflatables, because if they do fail, uh, they also are uh, harder to get back into your kayak if they are inflated. So, uh, but the main thing here is not just the PFD, but make sure you practice, you know, your, your safety routines, know how to get back in your kayak. If you think you're going to struggle getting back into a kayak, you know, this, it should be second nature getting back into one. But if you do have problems, if you practice and you still have problems, always make sure you're um, paddling with a friend. Somebody can help you because, um, you know, these tragedies can be avoided. Um, again, we don't know what happened at this point, you know, whether she had a health condition or anything else, or if it was just the fact she couldn't get back in the boat. Um, but uh, our thoughts uh, go out to her family and friends and everyone else in the kayak fishing community that she knew. Uh, I hear she was a wonderful person. Uh, I didn't know her personally, but uh, it, it's very sad for our kayak fishing community. So uh, with that, um, I wanted to show you a new item that I just got um, before we bring Jameson on again. Uh, this arrived for me here uh, while I was on my last trip, and I'm really excited about this. I always carry a handheld VHF, the Standard Horizon VHF radio. This one's super cool. It is six watts, so it's got plenty of power but it's tiny. So it's going to be much more comfortable carrying that in your uh, PFD pocket. Uh, I mean, comparatively speaking, let me grab a, another one I've got here. If I can. Um, here's an older one and you can see the difference, the difference in size. Um, not only height wise, but thickness also. You know, look at look at the difference of that. I mean, this is going to be so much more comfortable to carry in the PFD uh, in your pocket. I will again. And the nice thing also, it's a small one, but it has the attachment for the um, obviously there's no antenna on here. I got to throw that on there. But it does have the attachment for the speaker mic, which I like so much. So I always have the speaker mic up on my shoulder. So um, that's a, a very cool thing. So I just wanted to show you guys that 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 is now available. That's the. Um, where I throw the box. That is the HX40 from Standard Horizon. So um, I've been using Standard Horizon radios forever. And again, this one just arrived while I was gone. 
and I'm pretty stoked to, to put that one to use. Um, it's going to be a lot nicer for my travel and just a lot more comfortable. So, uh, hey, Dave, how you doing, man? Yeah, very cool stuff. You know, it's amazing how they're making things smaller and smaller. And, and um, except our cell phones. How come our cell phones have gotten bigger? I don't, I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, with no further ado, I'm hoping you guys can shoot us some questions. As always, make sure you like, comment, share. Well, we're not giving anything away today, so we won't say when. But you know, uh, the more you can uh, share that, the more we get this page out there, the more our sponsors like it, the more cool stuff we can do in the future. Um, if you're watching this on a replay, please type in replay. Um, so I can just kind of gauge how many people are watching it later. Uh, you know, we do put these up on the podcast. Uh, we put them up on YouTube. So um, lots of different ways to watch these things. So anyway, with no further ado, I'm going to bring up my good friend, um, Jameson Redding, the new brand manager of um, Blue Sky Boatworks. Uh, congratulations on that, Jameson. I know uh, you've been working really hard on the Blue Sky project and uh, it's well-deserved. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. First of all, it's always fun to hang out with you in person, but when I can't do that, it's fun to get on these uh, live chats with you. So yeah, looking forward yeah. To that one. yeah, this is a, you've done a couple of these with me now and uh, they're always good. And, um, you know, because we just did this trip together, uh, and because of the stuff we did with the blue sky, I thought it was a good idea to have you back on here, even if it hasn't been all that long. Um, first off, let's talk about the location. Um, you've been trying to get me to go, um, to pack for a little while. I, you talk about it all the time. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you talk about this location all the time. Uh, it obviously has become one of your favorite places to go. Uh, why is that? Well, Louisiana in general is just got a special place uh, in my heart. Uh, ever since the first time I went there and sight, sight fished my first red, which happened to be a bull red um, down in uh, Venice, close to where we went on that last shoot. Um, I've just always enjoyed Louisiana. And so we were heading over one time to do some filming for JK Media House. And one of the local dealers, uh, Pack and Paddle, which is in Lafayette, uh, recommended that we go check out Pack Kayak Rental, which is Pointe-Shan Kayak Rental. Um, and Pointe-Shan is a little, really just a little peninsula um, that it sits on. And so we went down and checked it out. And first thing right off the bat, we noticed that they were building at the time. I mean, it was very young and they were building a community um, around kayak fishing. So it wasn't just the the fish was there. We didn't even know this shit. You know, when we got there, of course, it's Louisiana. So you, you figure fish are going to be there. But um, I had never been to a place that had a dedicated launch um, for kayaks uh, with a floating dock. The, the slips were the right width for you to be able to get on and off a kayak and slide them in and out of the water, literally from the back of your truck over some PVC and some rollers right into the water. Yeah, um, for, for people who don't understand that, literally, they, they are like some mini docks. Uh, you can drop your kayak right between them and they're just wide enough for a kayak and but they'll get the decent size kayaks like the uh, oh, pro yeah, anglers pro and that sort of thing in there. Um, so you can actually rig it while it's sitting in the water and then just step right onto your kayak. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And they don't even really have on that side a boat ramp. So it's like they've really dedicated to kayak fishing and the kayak fishermen. And We've been going there for years, even that trip. I mean, we just had a phenomenal time. They've got a little mothership that they can take four or five kayaks out on and drop you off in the marsh and get you closer to where the big fish are, which we were able to do that last day when the weather cleared up. Um, and so, I mean, there's fish within sight of, I mean, we caught fish off the houseboat that's parked right there. So, I mean, they've got accommodations. Now, now they have a restaurant. They've got a little tackle shop plenty of launches for kayaks. And once you're there, you unload your boat, your kayak, you set up all your gear and that's it. You don't, you don't load back up or move anything until you're ready to go home and you can just launch and, and be fishing in five minutes or you can go a little further and find some bigger fish. So it's just an amazing fishery and an amazing community um, kind of dedicated to kayak fishing. Yeah. I, I don't think that there is another place dedicated to kayak fishing in the U.S., the only other place is dedicated, really a resort dedicated to kayak fishing, is Los Busos down in Panama. Yep, yep. And, and they've got that situation dialed in so well. Uh, Serge, how you doing from Ottawa? Uh, and we got Jim Hoffmeyer from Missouri. Thanks for joining us. 
and my good buddy Egowitz. What's up, Egowitz? Says hi to Jameson, uh, who's in Spain. Uh, Jameson, um, you know that Ego, we spent some time with him in Sweden, and uh, Egowitz just spent some time here with me in San Diego for a week. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the cool things I always say is that I'd be able to do is make friends around the world. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, they'll come and visit us. I have friends from Sweden. My friends, Ulf and Ina, come and visit us. Um, it, it's awesome. Um, Potty Mullet. Uh, sorry, gents. Missed most of the chat about the dedicated kayak launches. What should I Google to get a look at them? Great beard, by the way, Jameson. <laughs> yeah, too bad I couldn't get him to shave that thing off. Um, yeah, so, uh, actually I, I did put it up here, the, uh, for pack kayak rentals, there it is right there, pack kayak rentals dot or kayak rental.com. Um, they've got the website and kind of probably gives a, a look at everything on there. The um, Facebook page is a great place too, to, to see a lot of pictures and the community and what's going on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, they, they've embraced the kayak fishing community at that place because, um, I mean, while we were there uh, and we were there during the week, um, there were still kayak anglers coming and going and using the facility. Um, and then on the weekend while we were there, a large group came in uh, and they were like female kayak anglers. A whole mm -hmm. group of them came in to, and were using their facilities and camping out or um, camping or staying on the, uh, the houseboat that we stayed on. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a great operation that they have there. And, and, and of course, anybody that embraces kayak fishing like they have, of course, we're going to love them. Uh, but it wouldn't be successful if it wasn't a great fishery. Um, yeah. Now, we had a hard time, as always, um, you know, 25 mile an hour winds every day until the last four hours of the trip. But we still caught fish, even with tough conditions, we still caught fish every day. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about it. I didn't get skunked none of the days. And typically when you have bad weather, you know, it's tough to get a fish. And we were able to get fish on camera every day that we went out. And I think a bad, I've said this before, you know, I've never went down there. A bad day of fishing in Louisiana for me has been one, two, three fish, never like zero fish. Like if I come back with zero fish, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, right. You know. And, and the, you know, and of course the saving grace, even if you had a tough day out trying to find fish sight casting and all that from, uh, the, the kayaks, um, man, what a blast the fishing off the back of the, the boat or off their dock. They do have a dedicated dock with all the lights out there. Um, and every single night, if you couldn't catch fish, there's something wrong with you. I mean, oh, we yeah. weren't catching fish at times, mainly because we were trying not to catch fish. We we're trying to throw the biggest thing out there that we could try to get them to cat to hook up on because, you know, you're catching so many of these small trout, you know, try to get through the trout to catch either a bigger trout or the, the redfish, which came through late every night. Yeah. I'd never actually seen. Um, so the trout I've always seen there and we've been able to, you know, put some cr cracked crab out or something like that to catch the black drum. Um, but this is the first time that I've seen uh, the redfish come through in, in waves like they were. Um, I think Brooks, uh, who was going to join us and is in the middle of the rain driving from Atlanta now. But he, yeah, he for, for people that did see that, I did post that Brooks was going to be here with us. Um, he bought a new vehicle today and he had to go drive to go get it. And it decided to pour with rain and his three hour drive turned into a five and a half hour drive and he's still driving. So he. Unless uh, unless he hits the road real fast, he's he's um, he's not going to join us here today. Yeah. So sorry, he kind of stumbled on that uh, like at one in the morning. We had went to bed and he stumbled on the redfish coming through the back of the boat. So of course we were waiting up after that. So <laughs> right, yeah, you know, fishing until uh, two o'clock in the morning. Um, but I found it mesmerizing. I mean, I've never never seen that where there were so many of those shrimp just popping behind the boat and you just, you could focus in on one shrimp and just sit there and wait until it got nailed, yep. you know, <laughs> whether it was a, a trout or in that sound, that popping sound of the, uh, of the fish hitting it. And, yeah. and, and every once in a while I said like, um, there, a wave of redfish would come through. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like I said, that, that made up for, for some, some struggles in the wind during the day on the kayaks that sure for made for a fun evening every night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, the, the big reason that I wanted 
to get you there was the sight fishing. And, and that's what was really tough um, throughout the trip was having those windy conditions and not being able to get out and see the fish because the tide was also high. And I think that was actually a bigger problem for us than, than the wind and the, and the clouds was how high the water was. Um, that yeah. storm uh, was out in the Gulf and, and pounded Panama City, and we didn't get hit by it, uh, fortunately, but we did get some of the storm surge, and also the wind direction was holding that tide um, in there, so we were just dealing with water in the parking lot of the place. So. Well, yeah, exactly. For people who don't realize, I mean, literally, we're the rental car I had in the parking lot had water this high up on its wheels in the parking lot, so you can imagine the areas that we wanted to fish you know, and actually be able to sight cast, you know, the, the water was murky and um, a lot of it. So, and the fish could get way, way, way back in the reeds. You could hear them popping in the, in the reeds and in mm -hmm. the scrub a lot back in the marsh and just in areas we couldn't get to. So struggles, but you know, we still ended up, like I said, even, even with those conditions, um, still able to, to get those fish. Um, particularly on the last day when the water did drop a little bit yep. and the wind laid down. And finally I was able to sight cast uh, to some fish. I actually wanted to bring up a picture. Uh, James had totally outfished me on this trip. He's used to fishing redfish a lot more than I am, but uh, he also had a big advantage in that. Um, I'm going to put this up solo. Oh, there it is. Uh, so if you see this, let's, he is actually in this picture. He is standing on top of an Orion cooler on the blue sky. So not only do you have the advantage of standing up in the blue sky and such a great sight casting platform, he was able to get up. I mean, I don't know how tall that thing is, like 18 inches or something. So 18 more inches up to be able to see the fish. So he was seeing fish that I wasn't seeing at all. Um, and, and that was one of the cool things about you know, that you were pointing out fish and I was hearing where you were seeing fish. And I'm like, man, Hey, I'm not used to spotting them to begin with. And that takes and time, that, you know, just yeah. And that high that. vantage point, you know, just, it was impressive. <laughs> yeah. It definitely made it, it made a huge difference um, of the distance that I could see them away from the boat, which allowed me to be able to kind of get a cast in before I was on top of them. Um, Cause with the little bit of wind that we did had, or if I had momentum moving forward, you know, you want to see it as far away as you can so that you have time to transition from paddle in that picture. I, ha I have my paddle in my hand. So able to transition from the paddle to the rod and make the cast before the boat is over top of that fish and spooking it. Um, and it definitely made a difference. Um, I was really kind of starting to dial it in there towards the end of the day for sure. Yeah. And, and we, we were actually talking about this earlier. Um, about how we were paddling. I was using a stand up paddle, um, from Werner. Uh, you have your bending branches, regular kayak paddle, but it's a long one. It's a, would you say a 260? Yeah, I believe that one goes from, it's, it's either going from 235 to 255 or 240 to 260. I can't remember, but I had extended it all the way out to the, to the max um, distance. Yeah. yeah, you definitely need that. Um, and we actually talked about maybe in this boat might not be a bad idea to have actually a push pole. If yeah, you're fishing at, at skinny water. At one point, the way that the boat with my weight on the front of it, um, was handling, it actually became easier to turn around and pole kind of backwards. And it looked kind of goofy going that way, like it wouldn't be that fishable. But uh, most of the fish I was seeing was off to the side. So I was uh, standing on the cooler and, and facing over the stern of the boat. And uh, that's when I think a pole, like a, a push pole of some kind, or even the Yakutak pole, a parking pole may have worked really well. Right, right. Well, we, we, um, let's see, we have, uh, Tom Riley saying, hello, how you doing, Tom? Uh, yeah, it, it was parking lot fishing. I mean, it, it could have been, I mean, watching the birds in there, um, crazy sight too. Um, when you're there, uh, was the horses and, you know, you have, there's a, a few wild horses that I guess just hang around the area. And, um, I mean, I've seen wild horses before, but I was kind of surprised to see them like walking through the marsh and actually feeding on stuff in the salt water. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. They stick their whole no uh, nose under the water to get the grass uh, and, and they're on a little Island. And so I've asked Eddie uh, down there before Eddie and Lisa run the place. And I was like, does their fresh water 
And he said, not that we know of. So somehow these horses have adapted to eat and live off of whatever's out there on that little island. Right. Here's actually a, uh, I'll bring it up. Um, there's a photo of one of the, or a couple of the horses there. And like I said, they have their whole nose down in the salt water and they pull up clumps of grass. Um, this one of the, one of the cool things that you will see um, when you go to different areas. And, and again, I mean, that's kind of what I like is being able to explore different, different areas all the time. Um, primarily uh, redfish trout, uh, black drum. We saw some uh, large black drum. I uh, saw one really big red. Um, most of the fish were kind of slot sized. Yep. Uh, it was cool that uh, Jameson was able to actually um, kind of put a, a nice final touch on the show on the shoot by getting a really nice black drum right at the uh, the ninth inning. Literally, we had <laughs> that we had we had run way way out. Um, they they have a, a mothership type of setup there where they could drop us off about, would you say eight, nine miles away yep. from the, that was about so eight they, miles. they could drop us off down there. And, um, they had literally, they'd come to pick us up <laughs> and we were still trying to just keep fishing and not be picked up. And Jameson finally, uh, like I said, hit it out of the park with a nice big black drum. The conditions uh, was, just were getting so perfect there at the end of the day. And I had started to see, we, you had uh, cast out some black drum tailing, uh, we'd seen several big black drum telling, and then I saw a red fish tail and I was just like, man, I know the boat's there, but let's just wait. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was the final day, literally like the, the, the last hour of the shoot. Uh, cause we had to fly out the next morning. And, um, of course that's right when things really started to straighten out for us. Um, potty mullet sight fishing gents, your thoughts on what features are needed in sunglasses. Uh, well, obviously, good ones. Um, polarized. I'm a Maui gym guy, um, and I, I don't think there's any better glasses. Minor prescription. Sunglass. Um, and uh, it, because, I mean, like I said, I mean, I had a hard time seeing them to begin with. I mean, they're, 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 the redfish, their coloration is basically the same color as that brown water. So knowing what to look for and seeing the water movement and all that, that's, that's an acquired talent, but uh, yes, definitely having good sunglasses. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just add to that real quick for me to um, having something that really kind of wraps around and keeps sun from leaking in from the sides, creating glare. I mean, obviously good polarized glasses, like you said, Maui gym or, you know, whatever you choose, there's a lot of good polarized brands, but having that wrap around style that really kind of is tight to the eye and keeps that side angle light from coming in, I think makes a big difference too. Right. Um, also, if anybody's interested, we did do a show with um, Stacy Dunn from Maui gym. So there is one of those in the archives. If you want to go back and learn about sunglasses, we have Stacy Dunn did a show with us before and, and they were uh, very, very cool glasses. Um, one of the other things I, I definitely want to talk about today was, um, you know, how we rigged these boats up and I'll bring this one up right here. And this is again, you, um, and I'm going to maybe zoom in a little bit here. There we go. Jameson had, well, first off, if you can see, he's standing on one side of the boat. <laughs> And yeah. it, it, it's still ridiculous, such a ridiculously stable. I mean, I, I honestly, I can't get over how much fun it is to fish off these things. Um, yeah. No, it's not a kayak and we're never going to say it's a kayak. <laughs> it's just fun. But uh, Jameson had his rigged up with the uh, Torquedo uh, Tiller. Um, and and I, 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 Jameson, what's the name of this one? I, I don't even know. <clears throat> that's the 1003 travel motor. I think that's the 1003C, which is just the longer battery life. And I had the tiller extension, so the longer tiller was on there so I could reach it better from the seat. But uh, it's about an equivalent to a three horsepower. Um, it's a thousand watt motor. Um, and it pushes that boat really, really well. Yeah, you, you scooted through the water on that thing and was able to tow me back every day because I had a much smaller battery on the setup I had and you were still running strong at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, 
it's it's a probably a little over twice the battery capacity um, than the one you were using. You, you had the uh, prototype uh, E drive um, that we're working on developing that will basically sit right on the pedal drive system of our FDs on the Jackson side of things and on the Blue Skies. Um, and so we just kind of had an off the shelf uh, lithium battery for that. Um, that. But that motor draws about 250 watts versus the motor I have is a thousand watt motor. So you're talking about 250 watt motor versus a thousand watt motor. Um, quite a big difference in uh, thrust there. Right. I'm trying to see if I, I've got a picture in that album so people can see it, but uh, the E drive, but every picture I'm looking at, it's blocked off by a tackle <laughs> box or, or something. Um, well, I'll, I'll bring, let's see, where is it? I just saw one scrolling through photos here. Um, was that one? Well, good stuff here. <laughs> no, scrolling through. Brooks um, yeah. Okay, here's here's one, and I'll bring this up. And again, you can't really see it all that well uh, because right there in the middle, it says blue sky. That's a dry bag that I had my battery in. I was just kind of hanging it off of the drive, but the drive sits right in where your pedal drive would be. Yep. And, um, and the nice thing about only, that is it's easy to, to be able to swap them out, you know, put the motor on, take the motor off, whichever. Right. And I just kept my pedal drive. I strapped it to um, a rod holder, basically just so it was there. I, I strapped it to the rod holder behind me just so it was always there in case I did run out of battery power. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, we, the only thing, the only thing that I said that I, that I wish that at, that had was a better way to control it whether it was a remote or whatever, because it, um, I did have to bend over every time I wanted to change my power or go in reverse or whatever else. Yep. But, uh, you know, maybe that's something in the cards that, that they're working on. I know you said it already has, um, Bluetooth technology built into the motor. Yeah. There's some things built into the motor that we're not quite ready to utilize, but it's going to be hopefully upgradable. I'm not sure on all that. So don't quote me, but, um, and I think, too, one of the ways that we were using these motors down there that I think everyone's going to want to do it, um, which would make it even more awesome to be able to have some kind of handheld remote, is we weren't just using it for transportation to get to and from. With those windy conditions, we were setting at very low speeds and controlling the rudders to, to kind of work a bank or work, work a certain area without having to um, fight the wind the whole time and deal with our boat control. Well, exactly. That's what I, you know, um, like I said, with that wind, uh, the combination of the the power pole, um, which obviously it, I think, you know, having the dual power poles, which we did not, um, would have been awesome uh, just to keep the boat from spinning. But being able to set yourself up at the right angle and cruise down a bank really slow and just continually cast. And even when you're standing, the position of the, the rudder control right at your seat, right behind you, you could just kind of reach behind you and adjust your rudder to keep yourself going exactly where you want it. Um, like I said, I mean, it, it, it's not a kayak. It, it's, but it, it is, it's one of the most fun things I've fished off of in a long, long time. It definitely gets you in a lot of the same areas um, or pretty much all the same areas that you could access with a kayak. You just have a little more stability, a little bit more um, uh, ability to walk around and move around on the boat and carry more gear. I mean, I think I took, six or seven rods of course probably only used one the whole entire day <laughs> i mean it's had stuff everywhere and it never felt like i was you know stuff was in the way you know i just right really rig it out and it, and being able to face kind of any direction and turn that seat and fish and stand up and face any direction i mean that made a big difference too because you know in a kayak a lot of times you know you're trying to like cast over your shoulder or your boat position is such a big deal and it's less of a big deal which way that boat is facing because you can literally just move and cast whichever direction you want exactly um, and I, <laughs> I, I saw that was the, that was the thing it's like i remember when uh we, we we first took it out here in san diego uh and sean got on it and i'm like okay this kind of looks cool yada 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 and he did that there was some fish boiling next to him and he did this. He just pivoted. 
And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> that is cool. Not having to do the weird backhanded cast or anything yeah. like that. Just being able to pivot in your seat like that was so cool. Uh, Jim, Jim Hoffmeyer had a question here. What pound thrust would you guys put on the E-Drive? So I haven't really compared it to like a pound thrust, like a trolling motor, but it's a, about a one horsepower equivalent. Um, so if you look at what the Torquedo was at three horsepower, it's about a one horsepower equivalent. Yeah, I um, top speed for me in it with me and all my gear and everything was just shy of four miles an hour. Yeah, that's pretty um, good. We were facing some pretty stout wind and current. Uh, yeah. on, a, on a calm day in a, in a lake, you may get a little bit over four. Oh. Um, Johnny Thornquist, hello from Sweden, Team Native Sweden. Johnny, thanks for joining us from Sweden, man. I love Sweden. Um, Bill Cox is at, said, did it handle well in the chop? Yeah, I think it did. Um, I didn't have any issues with it. I think it does really well. I, I mean, I think, um, like I said, a, a surf launch might be a challenge. Uh, but like, you know, I had it out off of Point Loma, um, a few weeks ago and it was big rolling swell and windy and choppy and it handled great. The only, the only thing that, that I ever, that was ever bad in the chop was if going straight into the wind and straight into the chop, a chop would hit that, that front porch area and it would just throw spray at you. Yeah. But it just drove right through it. And that was pedaling it. That wasn't using the the um, the E-Drive or anything. So it, it worked really well. And the nice um, thing too is you can pull that front porch off. So if you know you're going to be in choppy conditions all day and you don't need that area to store anything on. I mean, I have my cooler up there, but I don't think you actually had anything sitting on that front porch. Right. I had nothing. Um, yeah. So you could have just taken that front porch off. And I think it would actually handle... Um, that windy choppy condition if you're going right into it a little bit better it'd yeah, be a drier sure. ride anyway for sure right um egoitz is asking how long the battery of the e-drive lasts is enough for one fishing day well that's the thing is you guys aren't going to be selling the batteries right so we are probably going to offer a battery but it won't come with the e-drive well that, the reason we're doing that is we're kind of like making the e-drive where it could use a regular deep cycle battery if someone already has one or you could go buy a lithium battery and we're working with k2 um, and we're looking into some other options but k2 energy makes some really great lithium batteries which is what you had it was a 24 volt 10 amp hour battery which if you do the math um, that's going to be enough for about full speed for one hour um, so you weren't running it obviously full speed for an hour you were doing a lot of on and off and then kind of putting around fishing. Um, so I think if you were wanting to get in a full day out of that, you would have wanted about double that battery life. So either a 12 volt battery with 40 amp hours or a 24 volt battery um, with 20 or 22 amp, uh, amp hours, somewhere around there, that would double the life um, of what we were using because you were getting pretty close to a day of fishing. And then well, yeah, I mean, the one day where we were out all day long, I decided to just put it on full speed for the run back and I made it, shy of about 500 yards <laughs> yeah. and I had been running it pretty much all day on and off. Like you said, and that's the things people need to remember about the batteries uh, and these electric trolling motors. Um, there is the law of diminishing returns. Um, you're not going to go that much faster if you go to full speed, but you're going to drain your battery a lot faster. Absolutely. Yep. So it, it's much better to just go to nice low cruising speed um, and like I said, while we're fishing, that's all we were doing anyway. Was I, mean, I basically I was just getting it fast enough so it would move me down a bank, um, and I mean half a mile an hour if that. Um, yeah. It's it's when when you put it on full speed, it sucks that battery down much quicker. But if you go yeah. to half speed, it'll run for hours. So and I noticed that you know the same thing when I had um, torpedoes uh for my on my crack and i had a torpedo and that's something i don't actually i have a couple of torpedoes and i'm that's my plan is on my blue sky i'm putting dual outboards <laughs> i am putting a torpedo on the end of each pontoon and i'm gonna have dual controls and it's gonna be fun as hell <laughs> yeah i can't wait can't wait to see what is gonna be uh what that's gonna be like uh, i think the cool thing about this platform is 
how many different ways. I mean, we've, we're playing with a cell rig right now. We uh, looked into a row, rowing rig where you don't have any kind of drive. Um, and these are all things that are going to be down down the way, obviously. But um, the motor mount, like I had for the Torquedo, we've got guys that have already bought them and put gas motors on. Of course, I'm not saying you should go put a gas motor on as the brand manager, but it's it's happening. And I personally have even tested um, a five horsepower, which was a little more than it needed. Um, I wasn't able to utilize the whole throttle. So, you know, two, two and a half horsepower on the back and the thing runs really well. Um, so it's just really cool to see how many different ways this thing can be configured as a platform. So that, that motor mount, and I'm actually going to bring up a photo now. And this is a uh, prototype. And that's a, that is something you've been working on. You can see how we've got the, uh, the power pole mounted at the end of one pontoon and then that motor mount, how you had your torpedo. Uh, you can see the motor is set off to the side. Uh, and the reason uh, Jameson did that was so he could actually still control the boat with the rudder of the boat and it wouldn't hit the prop. But are you saying that motor mount is something that you guys are looking at that will be available? Yeah, so it would be a plug and play. It's pretty simple. Um, we want it to have some height adjustment. So if you're going from a short shaft or a long shaft or whatever you might be doing, whether it's trolling motor, and it will also work on the front or the back. Um, so if you've got a little tiller drive trolling motor and you want to put it up front, you could do that or you could have it on the back. So we want to offer that as an accessory or uh, getting that some. That actually sounds kind of interesting having it in front like a regular trolling motor and have it as a yep. dragger instead of a pusher. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that sounds uh, like a kind of interesting thing to do. And like I said, I bet that would be simple with the, the trolling motors that are out there. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be super easy. And the nice thing, I mean, like it'd be an offset that way. Um, I saw somebody ask this question earlier today in a post about does it affect the performance? And because it's a catamaran hole, you could literally put one motor behind one pontoon. It probably wouldn't really affect it that much. Um, it just right. it wants the track straights too, just like skis, you know. Um, so having it offset is is not even noticeable, and it also allows me to kind of not have to turn quite as far to get my hand on the throttle too. So um, I like like that setup a lot, and like you said, being able to get the rudder down and still kind of leave it pointing straight, and then use that rudder to make the minor adjustments when we were fishing down the well, bank. Yeah, again, that's you know the the torpedoes that I'm going to be using are the smaller ones. Um, and my plan is to lock them straight and then steer the boat with the rudder or dual controls. Like I said, one in reverse, one in forward, and just spin it around on the dive. <laughs> it should be, should be fun. Uh, Potty Mullet has another question. Are hunters using Blue Sky as well, Jameson? I, I don't know anyone personally that has used it for hunting. I do know that I've had a few people talk about that they would use it for duck hunting, especially. Um, but with the capacity, being able to throw uh, even a big game animal, um, I think would be possible for sure. Yeah, and your dog. Yeah. Um, your dog could definitely sit on there easily. Yeah. Um, there's uh, another question here. Oh, uh, Tom Riley at Central Coast Kayak says in P Pismo Beach, so those of you here in California, he should have a Blue Sky 360 for demo by November 1st. Uh, thanks for letting us know that, Tom. People down here in San Diego, OEX actually, uh, they just moved. For anybody who knows OEX, they just moved. They're no longer down on Mission Bay. Uh, uh -huh. They're up in the uh, Claremont Mesa area. Um, but they actually right now have my Blue Sky sitting in there. Uh, it is not available for demo uh, because they're not on the water any longer. But uh, we are going to be arranging a demo day with them very soon, and we'll have my boat down on the water, uh, not with the torpedoes. <laughs> um, Tom Riley says it will be ocean tested. Yeah, I, I tell you, man, it's the, the thing that I really love. Like I so said, when I took it out off Point Loma, stand up, sight casting, watching calico bass come up through the kelp and hit a lure. I mean, it was something I've never been able to do other than in a, in a boat, you know, never in one of my kayaks. So um, it, it's super, just super fun to fish off of. Uh, Zachariah Cliff, bow fishing would be epic on it. Yeah, I bet it would. Uh, you, do you ever do any bow fishing? I have bow fished very small amount with uh, Chris Flunk, one of our Jackson team members. Um, you've met, you've been on, you've been on your show a couple of times, I think. Yeah. Um, so he, he took me bow fishing and he's really good at it. I realized that, uh, it's another one of those acquired things, being able to judge the depth 
perception at because under the water, you know, you're aiming low so much per how deep the fish is. And, you know, you just got to like learn how to do that. <laughs> like, right. Right. Cause and, it, it, uh, it, it's not in the position you think it is. <laughs> right. No, you got the refraction or whatever. And so it was interesting, but yeah, it would be so easy to rig lights on that thing and you could stand right on the bow and, and put along and, and so, I mean, flounder gigging, bow fishing, like there should be, I mean, it's just really cool. Well, yeah, and, and I know we, we've talked a lot about the, um, the E-Drive and the Torquedo and how that, but I mean, it comes with the pedal drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said it before. I, I talked about this before. It's the first pedal setup that I've actually been comfortable pedaling. Um, most pedal boats, because of the seated position, ergonomically doesn't work for me. Um, it bothers my back. It just doesn't work. Um, pedaling this thing for me is a more natural position because you're pedaling down mm-hmm. and, uh, it works really well. Um, so. Yeah. You're you not know, the first person I've heard say that either. We, we have a guy, um, that is, uh, got a, a handicap and not been, been looking for ways to, to, to be able to get on the water and, and something small like that. And all the other pedal drives have been tough because I think his legs being higher than his, than his hips um, when he's trying to pedal and he's a, been able to get on this boat and actually get out and pedal and strengthen um, his leg muscles and stuff and, and use them in ways that I think his doctor said that he, he probably would never be able to, to use them. So it's been really cool to see that. Um, and it really is more comfortable, like you said, and just a kind of a better, position more natural position for you to, to pedal in right and i think um you know like i said we're not calling it a kayak but i think this this vessel is definitely something that maybe somebody who's been afraid to get in a kayak uh because of the, sitting down so low and everything else that maybe this is something that that's going to get them out on a personal watercraft type of boat like this because uh it's so ridiculously stable um, transporting it if you have a truck is very simple. It just slides right into the bed of the truck. Um, you know, even small it, pickups. Yeah, it'll yeah. fit in a Tacoma or I got a little Chevy Colorado. It fits in the bed of it. Yeah, um, and because it has the built-in wheels, uh, make sure you put the pin on all the way. Um, <laughs> you don't want to lose a wheel like I did, um, but. And the, the, the bow weight, the lifting weight, because of the position of those wheels is actually very, it's very easy to move around. I, you know, like I said, I, I, I filmed, if it, I put it up on Facebook, uh, just a quick little snippet of uh, Paul Leibowitz putting it in the back of his truck. And it was just like, man, he just lifted up, slid it up there. Boom. He had the, the bed extender uh, into his hitch receiver and it worked really good. Um, Johnny from Sweden, uh, is the 360 a good platform if you want to bring your child fishing? Possible to mount something like the new canoe kitty seat. I imagine, I mean, like I said, I mean, if you look at some of these photos that I showed before of Jameson with the big old cooler on the front, I mean, your kid could literally be sitting on that. Um, yeah. or, you know, I'm sure you could come up with even another pedestal seat of some sort. Um, we had, um, Let's I'll bring that back up again, just so people can see that. Um, I mean, there's plenty of room there. And uh, we had, uh, while we were in San Diego, we had two grown adult men in it. <laughs> and, you know, we, they weren't fishing, but just kind of moving from one spot to another. And it worked really, really well. So I don't see why you couldn't. I, I think it would actually... You know, your imagination is the limit. You know, I'm sure you could come up with something. Yeah, having the cooler up there kind of balanced the weight of the motor and the power poles too. Um, so it would, it's, doesn't really affect it when you're traveling. And you could, uh, like, that's where my son's going to see. He's two years old and he, he sits on the cooler on the front of the, uh, of there. What I can keep him from trying to kill himself and jump off in the <laughs> Well, Potty Mullet is saying he's going to first accessory be a barbecue. Well, if you're going to put a barbecue, I highly recommend the Magma barbecues. That's what I have on our boat, and it is awesome. Um, holds up really well. Potty Mullet is just real already thinking about accessorizing here. He's going to add a <laughs> hammock as well. <laughs> yeah, I've actually thought about that, if there would be a way to, to rig up a hammock. 
Zechariah says, looks like a really killer vessel for Bay Harbor halibut fishing. I, it's, I mean, I, I think somebody actually said, because uh, I posted a picture of you on it earlier, and somebody's like, just buy a boat. Yeah, it, it's it's just a fun way to fish, you know? And I have a boat. Um, you have a boat. We both still I have it. a boat, I, you know, or my wife has a boat. Um, we, you know, and it's just a different tool for a different job. My boat certainly won't go into, you know, water this deep. Um, and that was the cool thing. You know, you pull the motor up and then we were pulling or uh, stand up paddling on this thing. And, you know, it's just, you're going to get into that super, super skinny water and very silently. So it's just another tool to get the job done. And, you know, well, we have, it's having a, an electric motor too versus, and there's times when I obviously want to go further faster and that's why I have a skiff, but the, electric motor there's something to be said about just sitting back and quietly cruising along with and getting to enjoy everything around you and then you know just not having that gas motor or whatever i mean for sure well and, and that brings up another thing i mean quite honestly it, and, and kayak fishing has been this way forever uh your interaction with nature is much better in a silent vessel like this whether it's the fish or bird life and other animals. I mean, we, we were going right up to those horses. Um, and I, I imagine for like uh, a nature type photographer, bird watchers, again, that this would be a, an awesome platform for them. What do you think, Jameson? I, I said we weren't going to talk about lures, but I've got, I happen to have a box of lures in front of me here you didn't want uh, me to talk about lures. <laughs> yeah i was gonna let you talk about lures i'm just talking about lures um so this was kind of cool i was using the uh the dart spin and I, i've i'm now up to i think 18 different species or something like that off this lure uh it's from patrick seville's band of anglers um what i found very interesting while we were uh, fishing off the back of the boat particularly and i started seeing all these shrimp uh this thing going through the water looked color wise and everything just like one of those shrimp um the cool thing about these uh i mean i i, I got redfish i got um a black drum i got trout and i got a sheep's head on it uh jameson was using the cranky crab i will let you say it uh <laughs> that, that's a deadly lure for these fish when they're feeding and they're looking down i mean that was just a, a deadly lure that cranky crab it's definitely um, for sight fishing machine for sure yeah yeah it worked great i had some issues a couple of times because i was fishing it uh this thing weedless and i missed a couple of fish because of that uh so then went to an exposed hook so that's kind of cool you can rig this thing up a lot of different ways uh one of the things that impresses me the most about these is they are so durable uh they're made of um the same material basically as like a z-man uh but they're a little more dense. So they, they're super stretchy. You know, they're very, very tough. I caught fish after fish after fish and they still look like I'd never caught anything on them. Uh, so very, very tough and just hold up really well. So that's the uh, dart spin. It's by uh, Patrick Sabeel's A Band of Anglers. Um, and like I said, 18 different species. It's just one of those lures that catches fish. You know, Egoitz was here. Uh, we were catching calico bass on them, bonita. Uh, I've hooked white sea bass and yellowtail on them. So, uh, again, and this right now, he's just got the one size. Supposedly, he's going to have some bigger ones coming out as well. I'm really looking forward to those, particularly, again, for the uh, for the, the big calico bass, having some bigger ones. Uh, they are pre – you don't have to um, – you don't have to thread the hook through the plastic they already have the holes all through them. So you just run it through. You don't have to like find your way and make sure you're getting it straight or anything because the channels are already in there for your hook, whether you're fishing it weedless like this one or whether you're using a jig head, you can still get it on there perfectly straight. So very cool. Just wanted to throw those out there. Uh, that that's what I was using mainly on the trip. I will give Jameson the credit for the, uh, turning me on to the, uh, the cranky crab when we were sight casting at the very end, because that is, that is a deadly, deadly lure. Oh, and the conditions were the best for sight fishing. You want sun, no wind, clear water, 
and what do you think the fish are thinking? They're, they're going to be super spooky in those conditions, you know, so you don't want to spook the fish. So you, you, a lot of it's just being able to land a bait really lightly uh, in front of them. So the, the lighter, I remember one time Brooks and I were fishing the same exact uh, soft plastic uh, paddlers and I had a 16th ounce weighted uh, wide gap hook and he had an eighth ounce weighted wide gap hook. I was getting bit and he was getting frustrated and mad. <laughs> so right. it was just that subtle, like really lightweight, subtle um, presentation that when the conditions are usually best for sight fishing is also when the fish just are a little pickier. Um, yeah, about and that, that crank of crab just looks so natural sitting on the bottom, you know, with its, its little claws float up and <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's a very deadly lure for, for that situation. Um, I've tried to use them here for, um, spotted bay bass thinking they would work cause I've had them coughing up them and I, I've yet to catch a fish on one here locally. I did. But, I did catch a spotted bay bass on one and I caught, uh, a China rockfish on one. Oh, wow. West Coast. China's that, that's a, that's a pretty fish. Um, let's see. There was a question, uh, thoughts on an eye pilot in the front of the blue sky. We've got a guy on the user group that has already put a foot control um, uh, trolling motor up front, and he said I saw in the user group that he had ordered the iPilot iPilot conversion for it. So uh, definitely going to be done. And you know that that's your hands-free control right there. I mean, you just hit the button and it'll anchor you, or you know you can control it with the uh, the little remote control or set a path, whatever. So that's that's going to be really cool. Yeah, that's, that sounds just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Potty Mullet, any, have any Blue Sky, any plans for a tandem? Well, funny you should bring that up. <laughs> we do <Answer>. have, <laughs> <laughs> so we already have a, what we call the Tri-Cat, which is, uh, I'm not going to say it's the best setup for fishing two people because it's a side-by-side -side configuration, but it was the low hanging fruit, if you will, being that we could use the holes that we already have um, for the regular uh, 360 angler and escape. Um, so we just added another one. So we widened it from 48 inches out to 80 inches and it has two pedestal seats, two pedal drives, or you could do an E-drive on one pedal drive on the other or two E-drives or whatever. Um, and it's, it's gonna, you can get a Bimini top for it. Uh, so it's just a really cool, like cruising platform for a couple of people breaks down really easy. You can pull the outside, uh, uh, holes off and, and store them on top and be able to still fit it in the bed of a pickup truck. Uh, the wheels are kind of different. They're bolted to the frame in a different position or welded to the frame in a different place. Um, but all that being said, uh, we are looking at future models that would be more of a front to back style, a little bit longer, um, tandem option as well. But right now we we're launching the Tri-Cat, uh, and hopefully it'll be out sometime this winter or in the spring. Yeah. And, and people got to realize this is a new platform. I mean, it just was introduced recently, um, through the Kickstarter program and, um, it's so there's, you know, there's always things you're working at to improve it. Uh, anybody who has one and has thoughts, of course, um, Jameson, I'm sure would love to hear your thoughts. Um, uh, mm -hmm. I really liked the ability for rigging um, with all the uh, gear track on it. Um, it made it very easy for me to put my uh, Ray Marine on there um, with the combination of the Yak Attack um, cell block and their new switchblade. Uh, transducer mount that just made putting a tra uh, fish finder on there just simple that I could easily take off. And then the uh, Omega pro rod holders behind it. I had three directly behind me and then one on the side. So it's super easy to boat to rig up and you have your, your rod stagers and uh, a paddle keeper on the side already. Uh, and that comes with the boat, right? Yeah, it does. It comes on the boat. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it, it you have two or four access points to the inside of the holes as well. And you can actually store, um, like, uh, I've actually put my power pole pole inside there, which is eight feet, I think six inches. So you can easily put seven, seven and a half, foot, eight foot rods, um, down in the holes of the boat, uh, as well. So you can really take just about anything you can imagine, uh, out there with you. Right. 
Uh, Jim Hoffmeyer, have you guys fished small streams in the 360? What do you think of it? And if you haven't, what would you think of fishing small streams like in Missouri, Arkansas, Tennessee, and those types of areas? I never have, so that's on you. <laughs> I haven't done a lot. Um, I still do like uh, the maneuverability of a light kayak when it comes to the small streams. But now um, in Tennessee, which is where the factory is, um, there's a lot of small rivers, small streams there that uh, some of the guys have actually been out fishing quite a bit uh, on it and not really had, you know, done more of the float trip where you put in and, and then take out at a different spot. Um, or if it's calm enough, you can just pedal or paddle up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's plenty maneuverable. Uh, it seems to be handling pretty well. And that is also why we're looking at the row rig version of it to kind of make it into a stream or river fishing platform that might be a little easier to maneuver. Um, oh, that kind of makes sense. I wasn't even thinking yeah. of it in that respect, but yeah, um, yep. as a, as a drift boat type of yep. situation. Exactly. And, and, and as we were saying, I mean, um, although I didn't say how much, do you know what the actual draft is? How, how shallow can it go? Uh, I'm just guessing here. I've been in some water probably around four inches. Um, and if the weight's distributed properly, you can still float through that pretty easy. If I'm like standing on the bow, the, the nose may start to drag a little bit at four inches. Um, but then I just get down and stand in the middle and it'll float on there. So that way like 220 plus a cooler on the bow of that thing. So, um, you know, it starts. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I've had two kids, Jim, what are you talking about? Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Baby, you still have the baby weight. I still have the baby weight. I, um, actually weighed myself this morning. I'm as light as I've been in forever. Uh, I'm down to two Oh nine under two ten for the first time in four ever yeah i hadn't seen that in a while <laughs> uh it comes from not eating um <laughs> actually if anybody's curious i've basically eliminated carbs from my diet other than beer and uh that is just a, a slow steady thing and it has allowed me to lose some weight and it's uh it's been really cool um it was nice though when we got into that super skinny water again having i used the warner um stand up paddle. Um, and I think that that's a really good way to go. Cause it also works great as a push pole. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're going to get up high, like you were, uh, I, I think I, as we discussed earlier, I think that idea of having a, um, a dedicated push pole would be really cool. There's actually a, a spot, uh, on that kind of rod stager you were talking about. Um, there's a spot for a paddle, a stakeout pole or push pole, and then three rods. So you could have kind of everything, uh, and just grab what you need. So, um, my friend Magnus, how are you, Magnus? Magnus, in uh, we did a shoot with him in Sweden earlier this year. Uh, he says, seeing you and <laughs> I'm not even gonna say the uh, before uh, Egowitz, uh, fish with that bait, and it looks really interesting. Will it be sold in Europe like Sweden? Uh, I believe so. They, they, um, he does have a distributor in Europe for his baits. So um, I'm imagining you should be able to see them very soon, uh, Magnus. Thanks for joining us, man. Um, Juan Ramon Ero says, good night. Well, good night, Juan. <laughs> um, uh, what I was saying here, uh, again, this was brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. Uh, we, we were talking earlier at the very beginning, we talked about Pat Kayak Rentals, and that's where we did that recent trip. I want to throw their um, their website up there one more time. And you said they also have a, a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, I highly recommend it. I know, like I said, we, even in the worst conditions that we had, it was, it was a great place to stay, and the people really do have a, a kayak fishing community. Uh, they're dedicated to kayak fishing there. It's, it's, it's not, you're not showing up as an outsider. They are dedicated to kayak fishing. Right. Yeah. We, uh, everyone that I've ever took there or from the time that I came there as a stranger, if you will, you never felt like a stranger. You just felt like an old friend. You're, you know, hanging back out with everybody and they were cooking gumbo. And uh, I mean, one day we didn't really get to eat cause we had just ate not knowing that when we were going to get there, they were going to, have this big pile of crab 
that they just bowled, dumped out on the picnic table. And, uh, but that kind of thing is just going on constantly down there. We're just, oh, yeah. Well, they, they, they came by and they're, Hey, we were, we're blackening some redfish. Why don't you, you know, so we got to have some, uh, blackened yep. redfish and, um, just, just super, super people. And, um, like you said, they have a little restaurant there now. Um, they have accommodations, a uh, little tackle shop. So they have, it's not a huge tackle shop, but they have what you need. Yep. That, that's the key in the tackle shop is don't have a million things, have what works. And since they're there all the time, they have what works. They have a lot of good local companies too, local brands they support that are made or owned by people there in Louisiana. So that's pretty cool as well, I think. And there's also a, a local guide around there, right? There is. There's a guide that they you can take out. There's actually a, a boat guide and a kayak guide, um, which is a couple of different kayak guides that they use. But uh, uh, Matt actually lives there. A guy named Matt lives there, and uh, he is there all the time and can take you out and put you on fish. He's a tournament angler. Lisa's actually a tournament angler as well. Um, like I said, Eddie and Lisa and Eddie's just always out in the marsh. He just knows where the fish are. So, right. And I, I highly recommend whenever you're going to someplace new, if you don't know it, hire, hire the guide, you know, even for that first day to kind of get you dialed in. Um, you know, he's going to go show you some spots, but not necessarily, that's not necessarily the most important thing. He's going to show you what's working at that particular time of year and everything else. So highly recommend that, uh, they do have the mothership set up. So if you want to run to more distant areas, they can take you out there. Um, is that an additional charge? Yeah. So it's, uh, usually I think $50, uh, per person. Uh, so, uh, that's drop off and pick up. I think it's 50 bucks. Um, that's not bad. That's not bad because I, I mean, it's a fairly decent run. And as we saw, I mean, that's where we had our best fishing. I mean, we had fish every day, but because that area is not getting pounded at all, you know, unless people want to make that long run, um, it's super fishy. Um, also a little bit closer to big water. Um, you're in the marsh kind of what I, you know, there's not that there's not bulls that could be up there, but you're closer to like bigger water when you, you go that eight miles. Uh, and I think that's why you see more bull reds and stuff, um, up on those flats. Right. Um, I actually, I, I forgot to make a tag. So I'm gonna, um, if somebody wants to see more about the blue sky, where are they looking? You can go to blueskyboatworks.com. So that's blueskyboatworks.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook, Blue Sky Boatworks on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, there's also a user group. Um, so if you've got one or you're just wanting to look at some builds and things like that, you can get on there and look for the Blue Sky user group, Blue Sky Boatworks user group, I believe it is. Um, and we can add you uh, there. And then there's a lot of really cool mods and just – people asking questions and it's a new, it's still a new, very young uh, brand for Jackson kayak. Uh, so we're making improvements and changes in line and also making accessories and things that can be backwards compatible, but also people are kind of figuring out ways to rig it and what works, what doesn't work, what motors fit, you know, and just coming up with their own way of doing things kind of like kayak fishing was, you know, right. five, 10 years ago, you know, when we were before Yak Attack basically solved all these problems for us, you know, we were trying to figure out how to do it ourselves. And, and that's what I'm seeing a lot of that with the blue sky. So it's pretty cool. Right. Right. And, and I mean, like I said, it's not a kayak. I was super intrigued when I first heard about this thing coming out and I have not been disappointed. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it is just a super fun thing to fish off of. Yep. And, and, and if you're having fun, I mean, that's, that's, that's what you're out there for. And it, it just solves so many issues that, you know, like I said, for me, the, the seated with my bad back and everything uh, for the site fishing, I, I don't, I can't see that there's possibly a better um, platform. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely amazing. And, and I said, and you motorize it and just, it's a fishing machine. It really is a fishing machine. Yep. James, we've been on for over, an hour. It just goes by, man. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough for, for joining me here today. Um, 
if people want to reach you, I'm sure you're out there on Facebook and, you know, with yep. Blue Sky and answering questions and everything like that. So um, I appreciate it. Everybody else, thank you so much for joining us. Jameson, I'm going to drop you down. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining me here today. Like I said, we're going to try to get back onto the, our regular routine of every Friday at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern, uh, getting back to doing these shows because I really enjoy doing them. Um, so just remember again, you know, we, we had somebody, uh, parish, uh, kayak fishing here just a couple days ago. Um, you know, our thoughts go out to her once again and her family. Uh, but just please remember if you're going out on the water, always wear your PFD, learn your self rescue and hold your paddle right side up. Y'all take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that video. I uh, saw kind of some cool stuff about the blue sky, about putting trolling motors on them, and about uh, pack kayak rentals in Louisiana. It really was an awesome place to visit. I hope you enjoyed this video. Take care.